Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. No drama whatsoever in terms of counting down towards the trade deadline and wondering whether the Tennessee Titans are going to be buyers or sellers. The news this week that Kevin Byard was traded to the Eagles sends a clear message of what Rand Carthen, Mike Vrabel, and the rest are thinking as they look uh, ahead to the rest of this season and beyond. If anyone was making plans to go to playoff games this year, I would suggest maybe you're going to have a little extra time on your hand than you thought in January. Um, But uh, there is a little drama involving the quarterback position once again and and what's going to happen Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons when, oh, former Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith comes to town with his Atlanta Falcons. which would which would normally be huge news, but in light of the Bayard trade and other things, it uh, it's taking a little bit of a back seat right now. And uh, I think without any uh, any argument, we will use a good chunk of this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast to pay tribute to Kevin Bayard who has been a stalwart for this uh, for this team ever since he was drafted in the third round in 2016. And we will do so with our usual panel, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing amazing, David. How are you doing? That's good to hear. I'm doing great as well. John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? Doing well. I hope you guys are. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, I am, of course, David Beauclair. And before we dive into this, a little housekeeping. The Titans have made a couple other moves. They signed to the practice squad defensive lineman Marlon Davidson, who was a second round pick by Atlanta in 2020 and uh, and was an absolute stud at Auburn back in the day. Uh, Has not been able to do the same in the NFL to this point, but I would suspect he will be on the active roster eventually. And they claimed off waivers from the Arizona Cardinals safety Kayvon Wallace. So I guess uh, Wallace uh, Wallace factors into the uh, uh, somehow the the post Kevin Byard era here, as will Terrell Edmonds, uh, the player that they got back from Philadelphia in that trade, in addition to a fifth and a sixth round selection in the 2024 NFL draft. Denard, let's uh, let, let's start with you uh, as somebody who's been in a secondary who played with really good safeties. I, I dare say great safeties in, in Blaine Bishop and Marcus Robertson. What's uh, what's it do to the defense and, and the secondary specifically to, to remove Kevin Byard from this equation now? Wow. I mean, I, I didn't see this coming, but we talked about this before uh, the season started, you know, that Rand Carthon uh, had asked Kevin, uh, what was it, to take a little pay cut, and uh, Kevin wasn't buying, and, and uh, he held this ground. And so you lose one of the best 
You're talking about a dynamic playmaker. You're talking about a two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. And you're talking about a man who is, you know, that this organization, you're talking about the definition of integrity. You're talking about KB, the marshal. And so now he's out. He has left for your hometown, Philly, where he was born. And now he's getting a chance to uh, – he's on a team now that could potentially be a Super Bowl contender. And so this is going to be inter- interesting because now you have Terrell Edmonds, a former first-rounder who's coming to town in 2018, and he's getting ready pretty soon to face his former team, the Steelers. So is this a demoralizing and dejected feeling to that defense? No, because guys know that one thing about in this league, they will give you a jersey, and at some, time, at some point they will take it up. And so you, you just got to move on, David. Uh, I remember back in 2000, uh, there were some rumors that uh, they were going to make changes after that team loss uh, to Baltimore, and they did. Me and Marcus was out. Uh, a lot of other players was gone as well. Uh, Kenny Holmes left for New York. A lot of guys went on to sign a lot of money. So we know that one thing that's inevitable in the National Football League is change. And what Rand Carthon is, he's a new general manager. And I guess um, the, the executives for the Titans said, listen, we're going to let you run the team. And, and this is his first big move. John, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, I said it. It looks to all the world as if, you know, the, the Titans are, are selling. What, what, what was your take on the move? Where, what, what do you think it, it means that Rand Carthen is thinking here? I, I think that that certainly is a part of it. Um, you know, whether or not they're going to admit it, um, you know, I, I think they look at a team that is two and four right now that has lost 11 of its uh, last 13 games. And then they look ahead and say, how are we going to get better? And you look at the draft and you say, okay, you know, pre-buyer trade, we've only got six picks right now. Uh, and, and we've only had in, in four of our last six drafts, We've only been able to pick six or fewer players, so there hasn't been much of a uh, you know a pool to build off of, if you will. So I, I think that was part of it. I, I think then the Titans also you know felt probably that that Kevin Byard was not going to be a part of the future, even though he had one more year left on his contract. You know he was due a four million dollar roster bonus in March, and I think the Titans looked at that and said, "Look, we're not going to be." Uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to try to cut him uh, or we're not going to pay that $4 million roster bonus. So if we're not going to have Kevin Byard back for next year, we may as well try to get something for him. And what better time to do it than at the NFL draft or excuse me, at the, the NFL trade deadline. And I think that's certainly factored into the into the timing uh, of this as well. And then maybe the, the last factor you know, I think as good uh, a player as Kevin Byard has been, great uh, a player Kevin Byard has been, some of the numbers, I think, for, for Kevin, you know, not not all of them. Some of them have declined a bit since his uh, his last All-Pro year in, in 2021. Um, you know, so I, I think probably the Titans took a look at that uh, as well, and that factored into it. You know, if, if Kevin Byard, as good as he was, wasn't able to kind of single-handedly make the Titans' pass defense better than 32nd last year and 22nd this year. Maybe he's a little bit more expendable, you know, than than a lot of us thought he 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 was. So I think all those factors went into it, but certainly it appears 
that the Titans are willing to look at the future right now instead of the present. Yeah, it, it it's interesting about Kevin Byard because when when you think about him, you, you know it you you don't you don't get this flood of of memories of these just huge plays he made, right? Like he he's not a Troy Polamalu or he's he's not an Ed Reed, but 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 he's he's kind of a coach's dream in that you know he know that if you're the co if you're Mike Vrabel if or if you're Chris Harris or Anthony Midget before him or whatever the as a secondary coach you know exactly what you're getting from this guy every day you know he's going to show up every single day he's going to be on the field every single game he's going to be in the right place at the right time you, you know you hear it all the time balls seem to find him and uh and, you know, not all of his interceptions are him running downfield with, with a wide receiver and, and being in position. It's, it's being where he's supposed to be. And then a ball gets tipped and, and he's, uh, he's in position to make the play. It, it's, it's all those sorts of things that, uh, that, that have distinguished his time with the Titans that, uh, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm really interested to know, you know, we all saw Mike Vrabel's reaction when AJ Brown was traded, and it and it was clear how much he despised that move. I I have to believe that that this this is a, a similar feeling, although I, I get the sense that uh, that that maybe that you know there, this has been talked about for a while. It, it's funny that the, the Titans, and, and we'll get into this a little bit more it, as the trade deadline approaches, and and people talk about players who could be on the move or whatnot you see three titans players in particular right now in in ryan Tannehill, deandre hopkins and and derrick henry that people have targeted as these guys could, could be on the move now as well and uh and i assume the titans are going to make more moves but uh but the 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 only thing that that makes me say well there's a chance maybe they don't make another move is is for whatever reason it, it seems like Rand Carthen, in his time as Titans GM, has not seen in Kevin Byard what the rest of us seemingly have seen in Kevin Byard over the years. And, you know, Denard, you referenced it. You go to Kevin Byard and ask him to pay a, take a pay cut, which means you don't think he was worth the money he was making. And uh, and now to, to make this move very quickly, it's... Uh, it, it it's kind of funny to me. I, I wonder, I wonder what Rand Carthen is thinking. And, and it's interesting that Rand Carthen has not addressed this move publicly. When uh, the day after the deal was announced, it was Mike Vrabel who was at the microphone and, and the podium and in front of the cameras answering all the questions, uh, uh, which, uh, which was odd to me. It, uh, it, it seemed, you know, this, this seems to be, a deal that Rand Carthen absolutely has to speak to. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he will address it at, at some point, maybe, uh, maybe next week after the trade line, the deadline passes and, and other moves are made, that'll happen. But, uh, but until then we we're we're still kind of, kind of wondering Mike Vrabel, of course, put a positive spin on this or, or a, a, I guess a good face on this thing. He was, he was a good soldier in, in answering the questions and said things like the, the season's not over. We're, you know, we're, we're completely focused on Atlanta and, and even, even suggested, well, this deal might've happened if the Titans had a winning record and, and not at two and four. So uh, John, I'll ask you first, do you buy that this deal would have been, 
would have been possible, probable even with uh, with a winning record. I don't think so. Um, I, I I think all those you know the factors I I mentioned would still be in place. You know that that uh, that Kevin Byard still has a contract uh, a bonus due in March that the Titans wouldn't have, have paid. Uh, wouldn't have been interested in paying, you know, the, the Titans are still lacking in draft picks for the draft, um, you know, and, and again, that the Kevin's number, some of them have, have slipped in the, over the last couple of years, but still, uh, you know, if this is a Titans team that, that even want, had won one more game last year, that that's, you're talking about a division winner playoff team that, that buys you, I think a little bit more uh, credibility this year, you know, the thought being that, that maybe this team rebounds from, from two and four, or, or if the team again had started off well this year, uh, if you're if we're sitting here saying that the, the Titans are at four and two, or or if even five and one, or or whatever, are are, are you really are we really thinking that they're going to uh, give up you know a franchise cornerstone, their starting free safety uh, at that point? To me, that the circumstances make it entirely different, uh, and and really the fan outrage would have been even more than than it is right now and there's been a pretty sizable backlash i would say on what the titans were able to bring in so yeah i i do not buy that i i, I think the uh the the record this year certainly plays into the into the trade denard let's talk about this too terrell edmonds comes and, and you mentioned this is a guy who was a first round draft pick in his day uh, hasn't hasn't played up to expectations maybe necessarily the the book i've seen on him is that he's he's physical in the run game not the best pass defender, so more like a traditional strong safety type. But we all we all know that uh, we all know that safeties are are kind of interchangeable more so these days than they they used to be. But uh, you know, Mike Mike Rabel mentioned Elijah Molden getting a bigger opportunity now. Um, does does Amani Hooker maybe become the new Kevin Byard for the defense and, and everybody else shuffles in around him. How, how do you think, you know, obviously it's going to take Edmonds a little time to get up to speed, but, but how do you see this thing shuffling out in terms of roles going forward? I don't know, because when you make a trade in mid season, you bring in a new player that, and he has to get acclimated to your system very quickly. And John, I, I, David, I want to just kind of piggyback on what y'all were saying earlier and you was right. If this team was five and one right now, I don't think there would be a change at all. And if you think about this, and something that people don't factor out there is age. And there's an age where all of us, we, we become expendable. I mean, if you look at it, Kevin is 30 years old. So everybody in this league always talks about the NFL. It's a young man's game. So everybody's looking to get younger. And I was reading some interesting, David, and I don't want to get, I don't want to deviate from your question. No, that's all right. But when you think about it, before this trade was made, I was reading where the Titans had a first, second, a fourth, and three seven-round picks. That's tough when you talk going into the draft. Three seven-round picks. So now you get that fifth and that sixth with this trade. So, again, Grant Carton was thinking about the future uh, when he made this move. And also, you got to take in the fact that, I mean, this this was it was heartbreaking, but it's a win for Philly because if you look at Philly's defense, their yeah. secondary has been banged up. I mean, look at that. Even Chauncey, and they end up losing in free agency. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who was a mainstay for that defense last year, you're talking about that Super Bowl run. And even when Kevin gets there, he's going to be paired 
uh, with his middle Tennessee state brother, Reed Blankenship, who's also banged up. So they needed to make a move to kind of shore up what's going on in their secondary. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's tough right now. I'm, I'm just kind of speechless, but I'm not surprised by this move. Yeah. It, it, I guess, I guess shout out to Rick Stockstill and his staff down at middle Tennessee state with uh, I mean, what, are, what is the likelihood that, uh, that, that you'd have two guys like Kevin Byard and, and Reed Blankenship playing together at, at some point the way, uh, the way they will now. And uh, I, I mentioned, I mentioned this earlier that, you know, Henry Tannehill, Hopkins, a lot of speculation. Danico Autry is another guy who's in the uh, who's in the final year of his contract. I think might be as as attractive as as anybody else out there. Uh, uh, John, back to you. I guess if if you're, do you see one of those guys most likely to be traded? And and if so, what what's a logical destination? Do you think? Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I've I've uh, gone into destinations well enough to to be able to to point out teams, but I I, I certainly think uh, you know a, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, granted, he's not in the in the last year of his contract, but if you're if you're a team looking for that you know additional piece, uh, you know an, an added wide receiver that that might make you a Super Bowl contender, you know here's a guy who just the other day had you know what eight eight catches for. Uh, you know, over over a hundred yards, so he's clearly able to uh, to get the job done. Uh, you know, I, I think he could bring a little bit. You know, in in return, obviously Derrick Henry uh, um, could uh, could bring some return, though though probably not as much. We have to remember, you know, teams are looking for what what a guy is bringing in the future, not not what he did in the past. Um, you know, Danico Autry, Pierre Tart, another guy too that that we need to look at. You know, a guy in the last year of his contract. And and it does not appear just from the outside that all is necessarily well between Tier Tart and and the team. If you kind of read the tea leaves, so I think he is a guy that that uh, you know might bring some some value and and uh, would be valuable to other teams as well. But if I'm the Titans, you know, if there's a question of whether whether I keep going uh, after the buyer deal or whether one and one and done, I mean, don't just dip your toe is the way I I think. You know, if you're if you're going to go in, go all in. If you're going to commit to the future, don't just go to the extent of getting a fifth and sixth for next year. You know, bulk it up even more. Stock, you know, stockpile those, those draft picks. I mean, you're you're going to have to make, uh, you know, clearly you're going to have to send a message. And we've talked about this before. You know, I think all the way from ownership, you know, to GM to coach, etc. That message has to get out there, saying, "Look, we have to be looking out for our future. We have to look out for the big picture as well." So. You know, as much as we love these guys, we might have to move some of them. They're going to have to get that message out there. But I, I think it's wise to to do so. You, you know, what's the point of of maybe, as I say, dipping the toe and, and maybe getting a little worse uh, and, and getting a little bit better in the future? I, I don't think there's much point in that, you know. So so if I'm, the, if I'm Ryan Carthen and the Titans, I say keep on dealing up till the uh, till the deadline, which is October 31st. Uh, Denard, do you see uh... – do you expect more moves? Like you, you think the guys in the locker room are looking around now, going, "All right, who's <laughs> out of here next?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say that, but when you make a trade like this, you're talking about one of your star players in midseason. Yeah, a lot of guys are saying, "Who's next?" And right, what's today? The uh, 25th. So you got a few more days, and guys are probably saying, "This could be my last time in Nashville." And I was thinking about it, and I said. 
I kind of read through David and I was in John, I was thinking about if you're going to make a big deal or a big splash, you would have to take a, one of the players that have a big contract. If you really want to make a big move. And I kept thinking one name and we've, We've talked about him uh, not much this season, and that's Harold Landry. Now, I know that earlier this this uh, uh, coming into this season, he did restructure his contact contract. I know he signed that in 2022, that five-year, $87.5 million extension, and that kind of cleared up when they restructured. Do you see them making a move like saying, listen, we need to cut as many guys or get as much as we can? Could this be something that uh, the Titans entertain? That's an interesting thought. I, I honestly hadn't uh, hadn't considered that, but uh, but but you're right. Like if a guy like Kevin Byard doesn't get you anything better than a than a fifth round pick, and uh, you know, yes, you got a, a veteran player coming in with him, but uh, but yeah, I mean, to 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 your point, if you want to get if you want to get second day picks or or possibly even a first round pick a a guy like Landry who's going to go to a team and be under contract for a while I I I guess that makes sense I'm I'm really curious about what the market for Derrick Henry would be I I would think that there are teams out there that are saying okay he's not a 2,000 yard back anymore but he's a hell of a lot better than anything I have on my team right now and uh uh, I, I can't I can't help but think and much to the dismay I think of Titans fans everywhere that uh I I just I just see Derrick Henry in Baltimore Ravens purple right now I you know maybe it's uh maybe it's the Steve McNair Derrick Mason Samari roll effect you know it we saw that back in the day I, but uh you know that that's a team that could that could absolutely use a punishing back in in that backfield and and you you think about just think about the way we have seen defenses attack the titans and deal with uh with derrick henry now you put him back there with lamar jackson and and their read option game and the and the things that they're doing in that offense i i just i just think if you're if you're the baltimore ravens you are you are contacting rand carthen right now and doing doing everything you can to to make that uh, make that deal happen, there's there's actually odds out right now on on where Henry and and Hopkins will uh, will end up next, and uh, these are from these are from Bet Online, and Pittsburgh is is the favorite to get uh, to get DeAndre Hopkins at, at five to one. Buffalo is is actually the favorite to get Derrick Henry at two to one with Baltimore after them. Pittsburgh is is actually in the uh, it gets pretty good odds for Henry too. Kansas City Chiefs that, that imagine putting uh, Derrick Henry in in that offense too. I mean that would be uh, that would be crazy. Certainly certainly he wouldn't need to to carry the ball thirty times a game to make that offense go. So. Uh, um again this is there there's a week to go here we will we will keep an eye on these things but uh but we do need to uh we do need to look ahead to Sunday one, yeah one 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 quick point david I, I wonder if 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 all of us too even though we've all touched on it here i wonder if we we underestimate also the uh the whole fan reaction uh, uh side of things you know for in terms of derrick henry in particular uh trading him away it's it's one thing to say Hey, this makes sense logically for the Titans to do this, to to say we're not a good team in the present. 
to, to give up players in order to get draft picks, you know, but it, but it's quite another, I, I think to actually uh, willingly move Derrick Henry, a, a legend, you know, with this franchise away and how many people, how many people would, would calmly, rationally and logically say, you know, uh, if you're a fan, say, oh, I, I understand. It's it's the big picture. Okay, we'll see you, Derek. You know, best best of luck to you. I'm already looking forward to some good draft picks. I, I don't think there's, there's you know, there's some fans that are like that, but there's a ton of fans who understandably because of all that, that Derek Henry has done, you know, there, there's going to be a huge sense of outrage, and there's going to be plenty of people, I guarantee, that say, I'm out. I'm out on the Titans, whether it's just watching the Titans for the rest of this year, whether it's renewing season tickets. Um, you know, I, I think that probably uh, has to play some role in, in the decision the Titans make, particularly uh, on, on Derrick Henry in this situation. But 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 I would counter that with saying that, you know, what we've seen from Tajay Spears, particularly the last couple of weeks, at least you see the future without Derrick Henry and you can understand, OK, there's somebody there. I, I mean, it's not like they moved Kevin Byard out because they they had this young safety who was who was bucking for playing time. And and it's like, OK, well, let's just go ahead and open the door and get this guy on the field right now. You, you know, we've talked about the, the situation at wide receiver. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is basically the only thing they have going there right now. And, and if they move him out, it's going to be like, OK, well, can Traylon Burke stay healthy now? now and and can Nick Westbrook Akina do more and and, and so on it's uh I, I mean it, at least with Derrick Henry you can say okay we've got a piece in place that uh that we can go forward with right now and uh and I don't I don't see that at the other places including if they if they're able to and willing to move Ryan Tannehill um, we're, it it sounds like we're going to get we're going to get a look at the future one way or another Sunday against the Falcons. Uh, Tannehill did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, NFL Network reported that uh, that Will Levis is the guy being prepped to start the game. Although Mike Vrabel is, is insisting that both quarterbacks will play some. Um, Denard, is that the right call? Do do you think? Do you think you go with Will Levis, or, uh, or or should they be thinking more Malik Willis right now? Well, I'm going to go Will Levis. You know, I was very high on Malik. Yeah. Uh, I know he came in sparingly uh, a couple weeks ago, and he played well considering the fact he didn't take a lot of snaps. But I think it's time that uh, your second-round pick, what they took him 30, 30, 33 in the second round, He's got all the intangibles, 24 years old. He's young, six foot four. He got a rocket of an arm. We talked about that. He has all the the physical attributes. Uh, He's tough. And I I just, I think Will fits what Tim Kelly wants uh, in a quarterback. If you look at all his quarterbacks that he had in uh, Houston, Houston. uh, does it, is, what was that, um, the quarterback in Houston that, uh, from Stanford? played well against Tennessee. Davis Mills? Davis Mills. Yeah. Uh, you you kind of see a lot of the similarities. I just think Will right now, see what see what you're going to get out of him. I, I know that he's a rookie. We talked about, and, and you know, you, you told me this, David, you said that he looked great in training camps at times, but then there was times where he just looked terrible. He looked like a rookie. So, I mean, just go with him. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? Yeah, I, you know, I said it last week. I said this this decision 
was made the day they drafted Will Levis. It, it it said that they didn't have the confidence in Malik Willis. And and again, we saw it last year late when they when they pulled Josh Dobbs off the street. This, you know, that I I do think there is value in uh in giving Willis certain packages and, and changing things up and, and giving the defense a, a different look. But but I think I think from the moment they drafted Levis, the thinking was if we get in a situation this fall when Ryan Tannehill can't go, then then Will Levis will be our guy. Now, they certainly would have liked to have had him not get hurt in the preseason and, and get a little more work there. And uh, and John, I guess that that brings me to to you with the question. How prepared do you think Will Levis can be with just the the minimum of of preseason work he got and uh, and whatever practice time he's had up until now? And and obviously this will be a much different practice week for him. Yeah, that that's the biggest you know single difference, or, or one of the single biggest differences between Malik Willis and and Will Levis right now is is. Malik Willis, we we he's a, a more of a known quantity. You know, we, we saw him in, in starts last year, played in you know a handful more games. We saw him heavily used in all three preseason games this year, and and again he saw you know we saw him in a quarter's worth of action against the the Ravens. Whereas Levis is is very much an unknown quantity. Uh, he only played in the one preseason game because he was injured, the calf injury that kept him out of two. And obviously, he's not taking a, a snap this year because he's been the third quarterback the whole time. Throw in also the fact that, you know, these guys, both Malik Willis and Will Evis, aren't, aren't getting regular first-team reps in, in practice. You know, they're they're splitting scout team duties uh, during practice weeks. And, and you know, there, there's obviously going to be uh, a lot of question marks. Now, one thing that was mentioned, you know, uh, today that, that – probably at least should help uh, is that last week during the bye and, you know, so far this week with Ryan Tannehill, not in there, that, that means Will Levis and, and Malik Willis too are getting regular reps with the first team receivers, first team offense. Uh, you know, even last week they, they were, they were throwing to the, to the first team receivers. So I think the last two weeks will help Will Levis, you know, more than, than people might think. Uh, in that regard, but it's a it's going to be a roll of the dice uh, out there for sure. But you know it, it's got to be done if you want to take a look at your guy who was who was a second round pick. What I what I'm a little bit still uh, kind of scratching my head over there is the idea that that Mike Vrabel you know today talked about he talked a little bit more about this idea of both guys playing both Levis and Willis playing Sunday and. And he talked about, you know, the possibility. And, and again, this might be Mike Vrabel just blowing smoke out there and, and saying, hey, try to figure out what we're doing, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but, you know, he said in terms of a potential rotation that that maybe it's a, a play-by-play thing, you know, we're, we're running the quarterbacks are running the plays in. said maybe it's going to be a one-series deal for each guy. Maybe it's a two-series deal. You know, maybe we use one for certain packages, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if that if I'm if I'm really on board uh, with that. Mike Vrabel didn't ask me if I was, so that's fine. But uh, um, you know, to me, it's it's like if if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to a guy, which they are apparently in Will Levis, 
you know, give him the, the best chance, you know, commit to him fully. Don't, don't be out there. You know, if, if he plays well for a series, you leave him in. If he's not playing well for a series, you take him out for a couple of series. I don't think that's any way to, to build confidence. I don't think that's any way for a quarterback to get into any kind of a rhythm either. Uh, you know, I can understand, you know, maybe having the, the certain packages from time to time with, with Malik Willis, but, you know, as far as a rotational every series or ever even every two series, uh, I, I don't think that gives Will Levis, uh, again, assuming it's Will Levis on Sunday, his best chance to get in a rhythm and, and play well and for the Titans to win. Denardo, if you're if you're a veteran cornerback on the Titans right now and you're practicing against Will Levis this week, are you <laughs> – are you letting him complete some passes maybe and, and try to try to get his confidence up a little bit? Are you are you going at him? Are you going at the receivers hard, saying, look, if you think it's hard now, you, you wait till you see what you're up against Sunday. How, how would you approach that? The second one, you go hard. Yeah. You want yeah. to make it as hard as possible because this is game like tempo. This is game week. And it's different because now you're not going like in training camp where you was talking about how good he looked uh, when he first came in. You're not going on air. You're not playing seven on seven with shorts. Uh, Arthur Smith, they're going to blitz you. They're going to come after you. They're going to show you different disguises. The cornerbacks are going to press you. They're going to press bail you. They're going to uh, disguise the coverages. They're going to make it. It's not everything's going to look the same. So you want to make it as hard as possible for Will. And and very thankful they got this bye week. I mean, that can help out a lot. And you know Arthur Smith knows this organization, so that's not a that's even worse. But again, I, I mean, I just I think this move, and I agree with you, John, is I've always called it let a let a young player fail to succeed, which means that they go in there and struggle, let them struggle and let them fight through because the decision that they're making Sunday, if Will is the starter, they're making a decision who to build around in 2024. So again, this is going to be a big game because It'll give Tennessee an idea of who's our quarterback going in 2024. So, again, let him go in there and let him. He's going to make some mistakes. He's a rookie. He is a rookie. So you have to understand he's not going to come in there and look like the Will Levis against Florida in 2021, David. So, so John, if uh, if Ryan Tannehill's not traded, is there a scenario where Will Levis can show enough, do enough the next couple of weeks that that Ryan Tannehill doesn't get his job back this year? I don't think so. And I'll go back to you know what we asked, uh, you know about uh, what we asked Mike Vrabel last week about the Ryan Tannehill injury, and, and said specifically if Ryan is healthy, is is he automatically the guy? And and he answered pretty straightforward, said yeah, if, if he's uh, if he's healthy, you know he's he's the man. So. I would have to believe that's the case going forward, even if Levis has a good game or two now, where where things might get a little different. You know, if, if we're four or five games down the line, the Titans have won, say, one or, or two of the games, and things are certainly going south, then, you know, if it's pretty clear that, that you're not going to be competing for a playoff spot, then I think circumstances entirely change. And and maybe you say, oh, okay, you know, Ryan Tannehill, we're we're pretty sure you're you're not going to be our guy next year. You know, it's it's going to be too costly, and we want to move forward with our draft pick. Then I I think it's probably uh, a much much greater likelihood that that you see Will Levis, you know, move into a starting role, even if Ryan Tannehill is healthy at that point. 
Yeah, I mean, say say this as 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 tough as things have been for the Titans. If they win this game, they get to three and four. Right now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the AFC that are either four and three, three and three, or three and four. And and one of those Buffalo is actually in the playoff picture right now. So, you know, as bleak as the situation looks, it it. It could it could get better. So as we wrap this thing up, I'll, I mean, let's just go real quickly here. Does anybody think with Ryan Tannehill not playing, with dealing with the Kevin Byard trade, uh, Tennessee Titans going to win Sunday against Atlanta? Denard, yes, no? They're playing in Atlanta? They're playing in Nashville. They're wearing the Oilers um, throwbacks. We haven't even oh, talked about that. they're throwback, they're going to win. They've been 2-0 at home. I, I got the Titans winning Sunday. All right. John? I have a I have a tough time, you know. Uh, probably a rookie quarterback playing in a, in his first game. Um, you know, the Titans' offense has struggled uh, uh, even with Ryan Tannehill in there. I I, I have a feeling it's uh, it's going to be Atlanta. Yeah, I I uh, I'm I'm still a big believer in Arthur Smith. I think he finally has the the team he wants and has things going the way he wants. I uh, I'm going to predict a successful homecoming for Arthur Smith, but. Uh, We will see how it all plays out, and we will be back next week to talk about it on Believe in Titans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.